scientific genius from a far-off world flies into action as Hawkman, Winged Wonder, who would squeal his faithful fighting mascot in his arsenal of phenomenal powers against both earthly and interplanetary foes. Hawkman, the Winged Avenger. Years ago, my buddy, the Irredeemable Shag, bought a set of Power of the Atom off eBay or something and tried to blame me for recommending them when his read-through fared poorly. I've never read this series before. What I have read, I would never recommend. When I made a guest appearance on his Justice League International Bwahaha podcast this week, he also tried to take me to task for slagging Roger Stern's work on the Will Payton Starman series. I read a few issues of each, they were lousy, and I frankly don't need to eat the entire meal if the first few bites taste like a dish sponge pulled out of a drain in a truck stop diner kitchen. The issue we're covering today is one of the ones I bought decades ago, when I was collecting Hawkman appearances. To say that it was better on the second read is damning with faint praise. I had my own Hawkman reboot and redesign in mind way back in the day. My take was an acknowledgement of previous continuity, but with a new Hawkman and a different setting with a redesigned costume. Focus on telling stories that I felt were clearer, isolating the hero from the greater DC universe, to explore what I felt were his strengths. Boil off the accumulated crud and get back to the inherent appeal of the property. Not so much with the Atom. Besides never having a multi-arc run on a series in mind, the truth is that I don't think the Adam property has inherent appeal. Pop culture was filthy with shrunken people narratives in the 20th century, and there's a good half dozen tiny superheroes to choose from. The Adam only matters because of who his creators were, when he was created, and how he was one of the foundational Silver Age science heroes when Julie Schwartz offered the first true shared universe of DC properties in the 1950s. If you're not emphasizing Ray Palmer's unique flavor of shrinking hero and his connection to the Justice League of America, there's not much else to sell readers. Power of the Atom number four's lead story is by Roger Stern, Dwayne Turner, and K.S. Wilson. What Are You Doing the Rest of Your Life opens with Ray Palmer telling the story of how he was warned as a child of a dangerous rocky gorge near a waterfall in his hometown, one which you could now safely dive into because he was action figure sized. It's a nice human moment, but also has this weird meta quality of making the Atom feel like a trifling figure in a shallow pool. Three pages of story are devoted to Potter's Gorge, as Ray somehow fails to recognize that the low-flying bird he bounded out of the water to ride is in fact a very large and muscular man with a bird-themed helmet who co-starred in the same comics as Adams for decades. It makes Ray look incredibly dense in a non-white dwarf matter way, and Hawkman having his honor wings ripped out of his helmet for the entire appearance does him no favors either. I read the Shadow War of Hawkman miniseries, the one-off special that followed, and about a half a year into the ongoing series before losing interest. That volume of Hawkman lasted one issue less than Power of the Atom, so I wasn't the only reader who felt that way. I would have benefited from a few pages of recap of the Hawk Shadow War and the resolution I'd missed. We got three pages of recap, all right, but of the previous Adam issues instead. Apparently, all those Hawkman fans that powered a whole 17-issue run a year earlier would require orientation on the four glacially-paced stories of this run, as if there was no crossover between the Hawkman and Adam audiences. What's worse is the Hawks keep talking about all they'd lost and how ashamed they were of their home world of Thanagar, without readers ever being given context of what events led them to that state. Frustration and apathy were probably not what the creators of this title should have been shooting for. Ray Palmer's life was a mess of his own creation because he'd outed his 
his double life most publicly, and he was seriously considering taking the CIA's offer as their agent under a new identity. Hawkwoman especially thinks it's a terrible idea, as the couple had just broken ties with an authoritarian regime that they'd disagreed with. At least that's what I could gather from the dialogue. Anyway, the Hawks had been staying at a friend's place in New Orleans, you know, while on vacation from having a title, though they were appearing in Just League International by this point. It would have been a really good idea to discuss their experiences with the JLI, but everyone gets distracted by the room getting tossed by crooks. Among their missing belongings were their melee weapons and a pair of spare flight belts. In this incarnation, the Hawks were sleuths who'd had a perch in Detective Comics, but here they just follow the energy signature from their belts. You'd think we'd have some aerial combat with crooks wearing the belts, but when the Hawks locate the thieves, a gravity trap is sprung instead. Their old foe IQ had planned the whole thing as a booby trap, but had not reckoned with their having the Mighty Might in tow. Despite his advanced technology and presumed high intelligence, the Mighty Might suckers IQ into damaging his own equipment and leads him right into the Hawks' custody. Even though IQ dressed like a dandy pre-World War II aviator, I'm still going to claim this is another case where the Atom fights dudes with weapons and street clothes. Cut to another page of mildly homoerotic foreshadowing of disgraced former President Tricky Dick Nixon and his lumbering houseboy planning a confrontation with the Atom. Cut back to our heroes, also in casual wear, just spending the day together. Shiera Hall and Ray Palmer are a couple of jokesters gently ribbing the unyieldingly rigid straight man Katar Hall. And that's the best part of the book. Ray expresses that the Hall's open cooperation and understanding is in sharp contrast to his own failed marriage. And that as part of his desire to emulate their healthier lifestyle, he would also try to do the work of navigating this new life as a public figure. Frankly, as expected, the combination of the Adam the Hawks' old friends was greater than the sum of the parts of another low-stakes outing in this title. Darling, at last... Pals of the Atom include Baby Skeletor, Chris Dunford, Chris Lydon, Dave's Comic Heroes blog, Doc Strange, Ed Moore, Eddie from New York City, Green Lantern Ace G, I'll be the light in the dark, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Jeffrey Brown, they, them, Keith G. Baker, King Dinosaur, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun Podcast, Matt Anderson, MB, and Tim Price, the Podcrasher. The preceding Atom-related program is a non-profit fan production. Any copyrighted materials contained therein are believed borrowed under fair use with no copyright infringement intended. Please feel free to leave comments either on the Power of the Atom blog or at Rolled Spines Productions WordPress blog. You can also send us Twitter comments through Commander Blanks, my personal account, or through the Rolled Spine podcast Twitter. Thank you for listening. I know the truth. We're the reincarnations of Qatar and Shaira Hall. And I love you. Oh, you can't love me, Carter. You don't even know me. Your favorite color is teal. You could eat caution oysters every day even though they give you heartburn. You get up early because you love the sunrise. And nothing's more important to you than fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. Mm-hmm.